Glory, glory, Sacramento! Hello and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Today I'm so excited to be back in the studio with two of my greatest friends, Zach Winnick and Scott Waits. Boys, it's good to be with you. How are you both doing today? Doing good, Scott. Yeah, doing good. You know, good. It's glad no one's back. I'm glad I'm back. Yeah, in the, you in know, the flesh and blood. The boys are back in the studio, I guess. In the closet. Yeah, in the, <laughs> not the closet. It's not a closet. It's not the closet. It's, it is. It's very tight, though. Scott's yeah. technically in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I'm, is true. it's a physical place, not a, uh, like, oh, a yeah. like a mental state of being yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or how I was born or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually slightly in a closet. Yes. It's okay. Um, because you sound great. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's more like there's a giant bed in this room. Yeah. Because uh, we're using. There's a king size bed in a room that's not big enough to have a king size bed. No. It's, yeah, exactly. Because we're using like Zach's cousin's room while he's away in college. Yep. So we can keep our stuff set up. Anyway, why does he have a king size bed? That's how I was going to He's I like the know, smallest man. person I know. He's, he's so not. <laughs> no, apparently Tristan's not anymore. Big he's now. Uh, he's yeah, a college hockey player. Yeah, yeah, and he has bulked up. Okay. Bulked up. Okay. He's. I mean, he's definitely the most jacked out of anybody in our family now. So he, I mean, that's not saying a it's lot, not saying, though. It's not saying much. Like, Trevor's skinny. Sam's like a string bean. Yeah. I, I'm not, not like, activities. muscular. <laughs> what? Some room for activities? This man needs some room for activities. Yeah, let's get him a futon. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I have a futon. Anyway. anyway Scott, is there uh, some news? Yeah. Um. So, kind of sad news. Um. Uh, okay, so let's rewind back uh yeah. april 2019 nolan approaches me um you know when we're just hanging out and we're talking about sac republic and he's like hey um you know we should do a, a sac republic podcast um and i immediately was like yeah you know i I've, I've thought about that before but i didn't you know I, I i didn't have anyone to do it with um you know i didn't want to ask uh nolan or, or zach because I, I didn't want it to you know take up a lot of time so um, no one asked me and I was immediately like, yes. And my head, um, in that moment turned to, okay, how are we going to do this? Uh, just, you know, both logistically, technologically, uh, time-wise, but also how do we want the show to look? Uh, what do we want, uh, to talk about what do we want to, uh, value stuff like that. And there's a show that I listen to, uh, t- called the total soccer show. It's comes out pretty much six days a week while especially while the season soccer season is happening and uh, right around that time of, of april 2019 actually just before one of the co-hosts of that show was diagnosed with cancer okay uh, that happens it's sad but uh, you you move on uh, we've we know people with cancer i'm sure there's people in our families that have had cancer uh, you know whether we're close to them or not um well it was announced um earlier uh, this week, or I, I guess I guess late last week, uh, that that uh, host, his name is Daryl, um, was there's basically nothing more the doctors could do for him, and he is now um, on hospice care. Uh, and if you listen to this show, you may have noticed uh, how Nolan does the the intro, "Hello and welcome." Well, that's directly taken from their show. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what we do, a lot of what we structure, a lot of the feel of our show. Um, are kind of ideas that I have taken or we have taken from them. So the joking around a little bit, the sharing how, you know, our life is going, um, me asking Zach, um, y- you know, like the worst Starbucks drink to make, like just <laughs> random stuff. 
uh, like that. That's kind of emulates the feel of their show. And I, I, I don't think I would be confident doing a podcast without the example from them. And uh, we even talked about asking them to come on the show just you know like we were kind of throwing out like oh it'd be cool if we could interview this person interview this person i was like man it would be really cool if we could get them on because they're a big inspiration for me um and i've been listening to their show total soccer show for about five years um so to hear the news that like somebody that i feel very connected with uh not just like as a person but somebody specifically in the soccer community that i rely on for information and teaching me the game and teaching me how to podcast and stuff like that uh to hear that he's not just not doing well but um in a very bad spot um it it kind of it it actually got to me this morning and i i was i was surprised but at the same time when i started thinking about it i was like you know um i basically have a soccer conversation with them every day for the past five years and you know if if one of us was to get that sick we would be pretty emotional. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, you know, like best friends with this guy, Daryl. He doesn't even know I exist, but, um, you know, I just wanted to say, um, our thought, our thoughts and prayers, uh, are, are with Daryl and his co-host Taylor and obviously his, his family. Um, and if you like this show, you have them to thank impartial for it because that's where I, I know I get inspiration. I know Nolan listens to some, some of their shows. Um, I, I think Zach, we've, you know, I, we've showed Zach some of, uh, their segments and stuff like that. So, um, you know, take a moment today to, um, you know, I, I guess remember the people that are important to you. Um, and unfortunately life does have to go on. Um, but you know, don't forget that there's, there are bigger things out there than, um, players leaving and maybe drama that we're going to talk about. (laughs) Um, and, in soccer in general, yeah. yeah, and in soccer in general. So, um, that's yeah. all I got to say. I don't. I I kind of had my emotional yeah. time earlier today, so I, I was able to get through that much more hmm. easily than I thought I was going to. Yeah, our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to them. Um, and continuing the news today, um, a report came out this week that Rodrigo Lopez. Well, first it, it had basically gotten leaked that Rodrigo Lopez was leaving. Um, and then he released a statement himself uh, that he would be leaving and kind of a goodbye statement. And so I'll go ahead and read that real quick, um, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So uh, Roro tweeted, um, and this is what he said. He said, I never thought I'd be saying goodbye again to this amazing city and organization. This past Wednesday, I was informed I would not be returning to the club for the 2021 season been hard to process for my family and myself, but we are truly believers that everything happens for a reason and God has better plans for us. I do know I'm not done, in all caps. I gave everything I had in me, every session, every game, as I knew the responsibility and commitment that comes from, comes with putting on a Sacramento Republic crest. I'm leaving with no regret. Thank you to Kevin Nagel, fans, and everyone behind the scenes for believing in me and welcoming me back to a place I considered home. Hasta luego, Rodrigo Lopez, number eight. Nolan, thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. Um, and just kind of put popped in my head just now, going off of uh, the news about Dale Grove, is, is a reminder that Roro gave us um, 
after the last home game in Sacramento. Um, I think Roro had been frustrated with the amount of criticism that was coming his way um, this season, especially in light of the circumstances surrounding uh, the conditions he had to play in with COVID, um, the all the other uh, crazy things that have happened this year. Um, and he said, look, you don't understand how hard it's been for players yeah. this year. Um, and I think that that's true. Um, Roro doesn't love criticism. Who who does? Um, but there is 100% truth uh, to what he said. So, yeah, have grace on people, um, mm. even when uh, things aren't going your way or you don't think you're getting the most out of them. But it's sad to see Roro go. Uh, more objectively, I think it's the best decision for the club. I think um, Todd Dunavant, uh, Coach Mark Briggs have made a uh, smart sporting decision in letting Rodrigo go find a new home to play in for the rest of his career and bringing in um, someone who can serve the team better as they build towards MLS. Such as Harry Potter? Such as Harry <laughs> Potter can come over here and play for something. A.K.A. Mario 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 Panegos. I love that boy, man. Mm. (laughs) He's 18 now. Um, I'll talk about him later in the show. (laughs) Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So, sad to see him go. My conspiracy theory is Kevin Nagel, like all of us, is just your average fan, and he was really sad to see Roro go. Um, He actually tweeted out on the Twitters, uh, at Roro, you are a Sacramento legend and will never be forgotten. You are loved by us and are so very instrumental in getting sack on the soccer map, which is all true. When you are finished playing your craft, which you are so very gifted, come home, exclamation point. So Kevin was very sad to see him go. Um, I take a lot of encouragement from his uh, expression of love for Roro because it tells me that Kevin Nagel is invested in the club as an owner Mm -hmm. um, and wants to see... um, the best thing happened on the field as well as off it. So, but I, I feel like when we talked about this earlier, you, you noticed the positive relationship, but you also noticed what wasn't said. Right. And maybe inferred something about a negative relationship. Yeah. So I, so this is completely my inference going off of what's been said on Twitter, but Kevin Nagel took the time to specifically say, Roro, goodbye. I love you. Roro specifically named Kevin Nagel and no one else in his farewell. Message Other than the supporters, the which Other, I mean, you have to, that's, yeah. that's, a given that's those are your people they they love the people love roro roro loves the people and apparently kevin nagel um and uh my thought was just it sounds like todd donovan coach mark briggs had to make a difficult sporting decision and let roro go for the best of for the betterment of the team uh and had to convince kevin nagel that this was the right decision Mm. to do so kevin nagel was probably saying like look roro he's a legend like he probably yeah, I mean, Kevin Nagel was probably instrumental in bringing Roro back home. Like, it was great from a PR perspective. In the perspective. first place, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, you know, another guy, to, another name to throw in there would be Ben Gumpert as well. Yeah. I mean, he's the president of the club. He's the guy that runs the day-to-day and oversees everything. I mean, he has to think of bringing in players, not just from the sporting perspective, but from the marketing perspective, which there was a media day that we were at yeah. for Roro signing, and we talked with him. He yeah. probably doesn't remember that, but we did. <laughs> you know, uh, you're not going to have that type of, uh, fanfare if you are signing you know a 25 year old guy that did four years in college played with the two team and 
it didn't work out there, so now he's signing with Sacramento. Yeah, there's a big right. not nothing to disparage those guys like a Drew Skundrick. He's very yeah. he's a huge part of the team, but it's not the same type of level of, of media attention. Well, and there's totally. such an endearing narrative mm. around so the player that is Rodrigo Lopez and what he's done for this city in the inaugural season of the Sac Republic, and so. Yeah, that goes into this as well, but like you said, it's a tough it's a tough soccer decision that has to be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this story with Railroad was only going to end one of two ways. It was it was only going to end in a heartfelt player retiring type of way where uh he comes in, he maybe plays really well for another year or two and then maybe is like a, a rotational player for another year, maybe he gets signed uh to Major League Soccer and is he makes his few appearances, but you know he's really a leader uh, in the locker room and stuff like that because he does have major league soccer experience. He does have experience playing in the top flight in Mexico. Or it was going to end kind of like this, where it was like, man, it didn't work out, so goodbye. Yeah, and that that's it. And fans are probably sad to see him go. But again, that's not just the sport we follow, but that's kind of 2020. <laughs> I mean, Roro. May maybe he's a casualty of a, of a shorter season where he didn't get a full chance to adjust. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Um, I think I think too. You know, this is not the only player that we can expect to be mm-hmm. a big name that leaves um, the club. We've heard reports. We've heard rumors about you know other big names, um, possibly. Yeah, bigger, bigger, and not as bigger, but names that people will. You're gonna be sad, I think, mm-hmm. if if what we're hearing is true, um, we yeah. don't uh, we're not gonna report on it because it's not that's not where we feel our place is. But, yeah. Um, if what we're hearing is true, um, there's some change coming, changes in the winds. So just keep your ear to the ground. And so just so everyone knows, and we said this last off season, just to refresh your brains, uh, within a week after the season ending, Donovan, the GM, and Briggs, the manager, sit down with every player and they share their intention with that player. So if Zach and I are the manager and GM, we sit down with Nolan and we say, Nolan, uh, you have a great work rate. You're a great guy. We don't intend to bring you back. And the player knows within that, you know, at that meeting, within that week, or we sit down with Nolan and we say, hey, Nolan, we'd love to bring you back. And then Nolan has the opportunity opportunity to say, yes, I'd love to come back. Let's negotiate a contract. Or I don't want to come back. I'm going elsewhere. I'm going elsewhere. I've got this offer from... third division whatever or that yeah right i've got this offers from somewhere else and i have to take it there's a there's a uh mls2 team that you know yeah whatever what have you or that player can say i'm retiring yeah or hey i'm i'm gonna be like a deco keenan and i want to be a player coach but i also want to work on my badges to be a coach you know so stuff like that yeah um so all of those meetings have happened so those decisions of people that the team isn't going to be brought back, those players have already been informed. And that's going to start to come out. Mm-hmm. We're going to start to see, oh, hey, this guy's signed over here, or wow, this guy's retiring, stuff like that. Or this person also put out a statement on Twitter. Yep. And then probably in middle-ish, December, by middle December, there's going to be a wave of players announced that are returning. Mm-hmm. So just keep your ear to the ground on that. If things get start to get leaked, like this row row one, Maybe they just go ahead and announce some some stuff earlier than they normally would. Yeah, um, maybe. Maybe. So 
I wouldn't know. be shocked. I, there's a lot of players on this team that are from an old regime. Briggs knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants out of his players. He knows what he wants his players to look like. Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be some shakeup. And I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, rip the Band-Aid off right away. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, let's move on. Um, another just quick piece of news uh, before I let Nolan talk about a little bit of uh, Premier League soccer <laughs> just for you because it's been an interesting season. Uh, if Phoenix Rising FC win... By the, the way, Western they, they won this final. weekend. <laughs> yes. By the way, they won in penalties. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, if they win the Western Conference Final against El Paso, which I, a game that they are hosting, I believe. Phoenix. Phoenix is. Yeah. Uh, if they win that, they will host the USL Championship Playoff Final. That is because they are the highest seeded team remaining, even though they are tied on points with Louisville. Uh, they are also tied on wins with Louisville. They have a greater goal differential, they being Phoenix. So uh, the team that has a player on administrative leave and is suspended and a coach that is also suspended on administrative leave for bad things, um, that team could potentially get rewarded because of their play with a hosting of the uh, USL championship playoff final, which is a mouthful. But the reason this is so controversial is because remember back to the San Diego Phoenix game, San Diego forfeited that. Yeah. And, and San Diego were winning that game. Yeah. So if you take away those three points, even if you just make it a draw, San Diego prob or Phoenix, Phoenix, sorry, Phoenix probably doesn't host this final if they get there. Hmm. So, it's just something to keep in mind that the San Diego forfeiture had more impacts than just San Diego not making playoffs. Than just or, a regular season game. Or San Diego already being out of the playoffs. Right. Uh, there, there's We're seeing impact even here where Phoenix, the team that did the thing wrong, did, did the, the wrong thing, they are potentially going to be on a an elevated platform representing the league here in a couple weeks on ESPN plus or ESPN or whatever it's going to, I think it's just yeah. ESPN um, on November 1st, I believe is the final. So it's just something to, you know, let's put it in your pipe and smoke it. You know, do you like that? Maybe you don't like that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I think they should have reworked the rules this year to be like, look, who, whichever team can actually host fans is the team that hosts yeah, for, the game. That's not a bad idea. Like Phoenix, <laughs> yeah. I think they can have at most a thousand people in their stadium, whereas Louisville is got to be more. Yeah, and um, I think their state is much more lenient. Yeah, but anyway. Eh. Anyway. On a lighter note, um, <laughs> I was texting the boys this weekend <laughs> about the madness that's going on across the channel in England. Across the pond. Across the pond in our lovely uh, motherland of oh, yes. the United Kingdom more specifically England, because there's many leagues within the United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, it's just been crazy. And there's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast, you also, you know, have an idea of what's going on in the biggest league in the world. Um, and Aston Villa, as the sleeping giants, <laughs> are uh, top of the league, unbeaten. It's a, it's a real money ball situation. It's just, yeah, it's just so cool. It's a lot of shrewd shrewd moves that have happened. Yeah, and just crazy It's a stuff. lot of fun to watch. It is. So, um, you know... If you want to spend your money and yeah, if you want to spend your money on Peacock, buy Peacock. Um, it's not a not a bad investment. Yeah, this is what I'll say about Peacock though. There's 380 games. 
in the Premier League season. Uh Uh, 200 of those, 205, I think, will be on TV. 175 will be on Peacock. If you look at the TV schedule for the first, what has it been, four, it's been eight games or something, right? Yeah. A lot of those games have been on Peacock. So if you haven't already bought it, you're... A lot of those games are going to be on TV, is what I'm saying. A lot of the remaining games are going to be on TV. So like towards the end of the season, we'll it, see a lot more on NBC a lot, Sports. That's that's my prediction. NBC okay. Sports and Universal, whatever. It's going yeah, to be on what TV. Have you, yeah. yeah. So if you haven't already bought All it, right. you know, whatever. Sorry, there've been five games. Five games. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I just but that's still. It. It's been five weeks. Yeah. yeah How many games weeks. has that been? Oh yeah, you go back, uh, five. Five times 20. ten. Right. There's ten games a week. Ten. Yeah. Yeah, 50 so games. 50 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Five. Yeah. 50, yeah. So 50 of the 380? Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy Peacock. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Not game. 50 games on Peacock. There's been probably like 35, maybe. I don't even know. Something like that. That's all I'm saying. Well, any other news we want to get into? We're, we're going to go through this next part pretty quick. So yeah, yeah. If you guys have anything you want, we bring it up. No, let's get into it. All right, yeah. I'm excited, not necessarily for this next part, because it's pretty quick, but the part after this next part is pretty fun. All right, so what we're going to do now is, uh, very simply... Just say it, just say We're going to go through... Uh, well, I want to give the, I want to give the people the layout. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were just going to say the top goal scorer and MVP real quick. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, not our MVP. I have to make that very clear. The the, the, the team, team MVP. The voted the team voted MVP. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ooh, was it the players that voted? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's t- I don't. Derek Formella that voted. <laughs> <laughs> the Formellas. <laughs> All the Formella family. family. Um, okay, so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna go through the end of the season superlatives. Okay, so there's when a normal season happens. There's we do seven of these. Uh, mid-season okay and then we try to predict so we say like who's you know who's been it through the first half of the season who do we think is going to end the season uh with with these awards so normally we do uh top goal scorer most disappointing player most Mm. surprising player most improved um midfielder of the year uh defensive player of the year and uh team mvp of the year those are normally the seven well this is the end of the season so we just tell you who the top goal scorer is uh, and he's also, as we just said, been voted the team MVP by who? I don't know. Uh, not saying that he doesn't deserve it. Just saying we don't know who voted. Um, that's Derek Formella. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But what we're going to do for the some for the remaining six is uh, we have compiled our list of those names. And uh, we have not shared them with each other. So I don't know Nolan's top most improved. I don't know Zach's third most surprising player, whatever that's going to be completely live and raw we will we'll share that with you so we will go through in order most disappointing because we'll start with the bad stuff first and then we'll talk about most improved and then most surprising each person will have 60 to maybe 90 seconds to share why they think that player gets that award okay if uh let's say nolan is starting and zach goes second if zach has the same person winning that award as nolan he can add something on or highlight something re-emphasize something and if he only uses 20 seconds he only uses 20 seconds it's fine yeah it'll just go to the next person until we're done and then we can say honorable mentions and be like okay well i think this guy needs to be brought up or this guy needs to be brought up whatever so we will do that we'll do those three this week and then next week we're gonna have matt george on and we're gonna we are gonna go through Midfielder of the year, defender of the year, and team MVP. Okay, and we'll do the same format. 
Okay, but there'll be four of us instead of three. Does that make sense for everyone? Cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, we already said Derek MVP, top uh, Derek MVP, Derek Formella MVP, also top goal scorer. Thoughts? Any any thoughts on this? Who Good, wrote, bad, ugly. What do we think? Who wrote should have been Rafa Diaz? Oh, that was me. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I also think uh, Donald Trump needs to talk to whoever was arranging this election for MVP because <laughs> he does. I think it'll be good for him. <laughs> like he'll get reelected. Yeah, yeah. Got I, it. I don't think it's that crazy that Derek Formel. I, I really don't either. Yeah. He scored I mean, eight goals. He scored the most goals. He played well. He like is a good forward. Um, I just think the forwards failed in big moments, and Rafa Diaz didn't. Um, yeah. And for that reason. Well, I mean, he did miss two chances in the playoff game against Phoenix. Formella. Formella. That's what I mean. So like he missed the the chances. And there were oh, I chances I thought you said he, he didn't. Miss no. in big moments. He no, did miss in big oh, Rafa, he did miss. Rafa didn't. Oh, Rafa didn't miss yeah. in big. Like oh, okay, he, got it. Sorry, I misheard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever I you agree. heard, negate it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. Invert it. Got it. Yeah, I mean, again, I yeah, I agree. I'm kind of the same. Like, okay, sure, team MVP. I don't have a problem with that. He he's he's out at the top of my list, but he's not number one. Yeah, I like MVPs I where you don't have to look. You couldn't guess it by looking at a stat sheet. Okay, so that's why. Well, like, then, well, why do you like Rafa then? Because he's one of the best. Has one of the best. Let's, let's, but also, let's let's, let's pause that. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. Let's, let's hold on that. and let's actually get in. We'll get into the structure of this the, yeah. of this pod. Yeah. So, again, I think well deserved by him. Yeah. I, I have more. I think we all maybe have more to say on Derek Formella later on in the show and today. Rafa. Yeah. And and Rafa. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. That's actually true. Um. Oh, that's I. That's not going to be a surprise. No. Um. <laughs> So with that, yes, Nolan is going to pull up a timer on his phone for ninety right. seconds. That's your max time. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna switch the orders up so everybody gets a chance to go first. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna start with Zach for most disappointing. Yeah, the negative first. Yep. Then we'll go to Nolan and we'll end with myself. Zach, you have ninety seconds. You have your notes right. out on your little Chromebook. Yes, there. sir. Yes, sir. Nolan, are you ready with the timer? I'm ready. With All the right, timer. count him down. All right, Zach. Yeah. Three. <laughs> two. No, I'm kidding. Uh, three, two, one, go. All right, so starting with the most disappointing player, uh, I don't think it's a surprise. I'm going with number one, Cameron Owasa is my top most disappointing player of the season. This is a player that we've seen throughout the years, for several years now, to be the Sacramento darling, to be somebody that is the X factor as far as uh, finishing in the final third. He has been that, especially last year. Um, you can look at the games that Awasa played and the games he didn't and see a stark contrast um, between how we played in the final third and how we were able to finish. And then you fast forward to this season. You fast forward to this preseason. We see Cam has lost his touch. We see first game of the season right before COVID. Cam has not gotten his touch back. And he wasn't even given – he was given a long leash through this through this, um, through this season – and continued to get starts for a while and could not for the life of him gain his touch back and seem to even regress. So Cameron Awasa is my most disappointing player of the season. Wow. What, what, what am I at? 15 seconds to spare. All right, that's pretty good. Do you have anything else to add? No, no, no. I'll, I'll say I, I'm sure I'm not the only one here with Cam. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I didn't pick Cam because I figured one of you two would. And so, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it was just sad to see 
His we'll talk about your demise. number one. Well, I need my ninety seconds. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do it. So I'll stop do, the. I'll do it. I'll do yours. Oh well, we're not going to talk about Cam. I mean, we yeah, we we can keep talking. I I have more to say about him. So let's go to you. Okay, I'll we'll switch it. Okay, I'll go. You you can pull up my ninety. All right, I got you. Oh, okay. Or is right. that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Nolan. Okay, Nolan will do it. All Ready? right. Yep. Three, two, one. Okay, yeah. So the only other thing I would add for Cam. Uh, would be just to highlight that the past two years he scored 17 goals. Um, yeah. And he's had, uh, last year he had six, 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 six assists. I think the year before that he had five or six. So he's been a very consistent goal scorer. And this year he was on pace for, I think, three goals. Or sorry, he has three goals and two assists. So he was on pace for six goals and four assists. Maybe, yeah. maybe if you give him seven and five. I mean that's a that's a significant that's a like a sixty percent seventy percent drop off in production and goal scoring. That's massive. I, I mean that's like you look at a guy and go, "Are you hurt? Or like what, what's happening here?" Um, it's huge. So to to I really to have anyone else be most disappointing, I I, I would I'm struggling to think of anyone that compares to that level. There's one other guy though that I that I think Nolan will say. So I'll, I'm interested to see who Nolan's going to say. So Nolan, I'll turn it back over to you. Okay. Do you want a full 90 or you just want to... I'll time myself. I can do that. Okay. And I don't think it'll take 90 seconds. Okay. My most disappointing player of the 2020 season has to be Carlton Belmar because when we uh, were preparing for the 2020 season, Scott and I and Zach were asking, the fans were asking, um, other news outlets were asking, who is the backup striker for Cameron Awasa? Because in 2019, Cam had a run of poor form plus injury. And when that happened, Sacramento's overall uh, points hauls during games dropped significantly. And it took bringing in a former, a player who had formerly played in the world cup to turn the season around in Thomas and a Um, And so it was all about who's the backup striker, who's the backup striker, who's the backup striker. And when we spoke with Mark Briggs in the preseason, he said, look, we've brought in, a backup striker in Carlton Belmar. And then he mentioned offhand. Yeah, hey, I think he said like Formella can play, can play up top. can play up top and Formella. We're like, okay. Briggs said it, so we should, you know, crisis averted. Belmar's our guy. And when Cam fell out of form, Belmar came in the whole season. Granted, it was only 16 games. It was COVID. There's that caveat. But he just did not do the, the necessary work our striker needs to do. He did the defensive work, and he did the defensive work very well. Um, he got battered for 90 minutes by the um, sitting between the opposition opposition center backs and then dropping deep to collect the ball um, and then taking it through the opposition's midfield. But he just could not score goals. The only goal he scored was a penalty. Um, and for that reason, I was just as disappointed. Maybe not in him, but in the fact that his hard work rate – defensively and between the center backs never translated to more goals well and actually i think you pull up a good point there was we talk about disappointing player we're not necessarily saying that that player the worst is a disappointment or is the worst yeah yeah yeah. that's not true i mean there's a you take into account the hype that went into the player in the offseason yeah you hype combined with uh, whatever right but it's not we're not necessarily attributing the fault solely to them right it's situational uh whatever but i i think that was a good point um and also 
you're bringing up Carlton Belmar in the context of you thought that one of us, if not both of us, would choose Cameron Awasa. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to be different and say you you thought Carlton Belmar was the most disappointing. Right. Right. So do you actually think Cam is the most disappointing? Oh, or? yeah. I think that's by far and away the most okay. disappointing. Got it. But for conversation's sake, yeah. Yeah. Carlton Belmar was. Well, was he on your list, Zach? Carlton was not on my list. He, so he was like my, he was like tied for three. It was like him and Tomas were like okay. right there. I was like, I'm kind of, for the same, because it was both the same reasons of like, we knew we needed a center back after Mitchell Tanner left. And like, I felt like uh, Tomas was brought in to be that guy and to be a rock and to play alongside whoever, whoever it was. But like, I, I was for sure like, yeah, this is the guy we need. Mm-hmm. And we thought that he would sign and we thought that he would be good. And he's been good, not great. Yeah. So for that reason, I, I think I, similar with Belmar, I'm disappointed. Interesting fact, though, Tomas and Belmar have the same amount of goals scored this year. Yeah. One. So. <laughs> well, that's why so well, I, I considered Tomas Hilliard Arce, mm-hmm. but he came into form when he needed to in a short season, and he contributed to the team with goals. And that's what we said um, was so great about him as a center back. Is like, look, this guy gets dug in aerially in set pieces and scored what three or four goals for LA Galaxy over yeah. two seasons. So uh, the two LA Galaxy two, um, and you know for that reason I said Thomas Hilliard Arce wasn't great, wasn't a disappointment. He just kind of was par for the course. Yeah. Well, are there any any other names we want to bring up, Zach? I, I don't think you've mentioned your second guy yet. My second guy was was Thomas Hilliard Arce. Okay. Oh, and it I, was. And I think, like, I understand what Nolan's saying, and I don't even disagree with it. I think initially. This offseason, going into this season, Thomas Hilliard Arce was the man to anchor us mm-hmm. at center back. He was the guy that we were looking at as, okay, that's our number one center back. That is definitely not the case at the end of the season. I think we saw a lot of flaws from him. Um, so for me, that was disappointing. And so I don't think he's anywhere near as disappointing as Cam has been. But for me, he was definitely on the list. Um, I do also have Roro as my third Okay. That's a that's a good one. And 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 looking at it again in the off season, the midfield was like this is gonna be our strength. Yeah. Scundrich, for sure. our MVP, Jaime. We don't even know if Jaime's gonna start it so good. You know what I mean? We, these are things we were saying. Um with Andrew Wheeler Aminu playing so well in that first game through the oh my gosh, season. We like we were singing the praises of him. Yeah. And we were looking at this this midfield as like this is a, a top midfield in the country i felt that roro couldn't settle as the six couldn't settle as the 10 at the end of the season and overall definitely showed he lost a step and 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 couldn't really find to me couldn't really find a place to really show his strengths as a player within briggs's system of play and so he was my number three for most disappointing player was he on your list nolan he actually wasn't, but it's a good one to bring up. He wasn't on my list, actually. So who was the – did you have anyone else you wanted to talk about? Uh, just as, like, a footnote, Matt Mahoney. Um, yeah, I yeah, thought fair, about that, too. I, like, it was not as much a disappointment, I did actually but think just, about like, that you one feel too. bad for the guy because he's a, he's a Swiss Army Knife defender. Like, yeah. he's a utility Plays player. Through the back line, yep. Right. Yeah. And we never needed that. It was – they needed a top fullback. And so he was not going to fit that. Nope. And they needed a top center back yeah, to pair with Hayden Sargis. And yeah. he was not going to do that. Yeah. Um, and so he just, there was just no place for him. And I, I felt bad. Yeah. That's that's almost like it's disappointing that things didn't play out differently for him. Right. Like yeah. if he had been paired with 
I don't know, Tomas Hilliard Arce on steroids, then it would be great. Like he'd be that yeah. that guy, that guy yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like Tomas's handy, like right hand man. Yeah. Like like Joel Matip or Joe Gomez with Virgil Van Dyke. I'm yep. sorry, I made a Premier League analogy, but um, <laughs> you're good. Like he wouldn't be <laughs> the main star, and he yeah. wouldn't have that pressure. But he could just be put in solid performance after solid performance, and he wasn't able yeah, to. Fair. So my the number two that I had on this list was Sam Werner. Yeah, um, yeah. So last season, wow. <laughs> last season, Sam Werner, nine goals, six assists, 38 games played. That's all comps, um, not including friendlies and stuff. That's okay. Open Cup in the league in the playoffs. And, I mean, there was a stretch there where it was like, we. I mean, we said it on the show, like, Sam's, there's a good chance he's not back with the team because he goes to Major League Soccer. Well, this season, two goals, two assists in 30, 32 games played. So one goal, one assist in 16 games played. I multiply that by two right. to kind of get an equivalent. Again, that's a massive drop in form. Now, defensively, he was great. I I loved what I saw defensively. I thought his work rate work rate was amazing, but his shots weren't finding the target. Um, I mean, I defended him. We defended him. We we yeah. liked him yeah. on the right wing. Um, but I don't think that when he got benched at all, we we could say like. Well, yeah, but he's played so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it affected him mentally getting benched. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's the type of player that does well with getting benched. No, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um but I I, I just look at what happened last year and, and the promise he showed. Exactly. The and potential. I I really thought coming into a coach that has a, a little bit more defined offensive system that he would flourish that he would know his precise movements, he would be he would execute them quickly and ultimately he would create chances both on the ball and off the ball and it just didn't it just didn't happen that way this year. It didn't break that way for him. Um so I, for that I I had to just mention his name. Um is it all his fault again? No. It, it's not. It's not all his fault. Um it but that being said, similar to Cam if you're not finishing as an attacking player, to some level, you have to say that you're not doing your job. So, I think that's all we can say about Sam. Unless you guys want, you guys have more to say about Sam Warner. No, no, we I think that's good. Time to say something. Yeah, go, about go for it. Um, the only thing I would say is, yeah, it would have been awesome if he'd gotten, he'd fit into a Mark Briggs system, and then he he got the the movements he was expected to remember and the patterns he was supposed um, to recognize as triggers for certain. Uh, coordinated uh, movements with the fullbacks and the midfielders and all that stuff. But if we remember what made him so great last season, it was the individual one-on-ones. The like, uh, cr- in my mind, I think his crossing uh, back ability. To the, his crossing ability. Um, I think back to the game against was it the Tulsa Roughnecks where they beat where they beat them six 0 at home, and he just had an, an amazing one-on-one goal, um, like dribbled from the defensive third to. Tulsa's third and then just like drilled a, a shot into the back of the net. Like it was stuff that he would do impromptu. not scripted. Right. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's a reason why he struggled yeah. with. Briggs. And, and, and again, it could be another thing where we created a lot of chances. We had a ton of open field crosses mm-hmm. or open, open play crosses. So not, not including corners and stuff and set pieces, but like we had a ton of those and we got our heads to a lot of them. But we didn't finish a lot of them. So maybe that's another thing where if things break a little differently, 
uh, if, if people finish chances that he creates, maybe we look at him and go, okay, you only scored one goal, but you have like four or five assists. And now all of a sudden your role shifts a little bit to you're a wide creator that can hit the off chance banger mm-hmm. rather than we are relying on you to be that number two goal scorer like we did last year. And yeah. when Cam was out, I mean, he was the guy, you know, he was like, oh yeah, Sam, Sam's going to do something. So yeah, true. No, you're hundred percent right though, Nolan. It was, it was very much get Sam the ball running at someone so he can do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. All right, well, let's move on to our, our next, uh, our next award, most improved player. Okay. Ooh. Now just a quick note, most improved, most surprising, two different things. Most improved is, a player that we think has technically gotten better. Their game has grown, okay? Versus most surprising is a player that kind of came out of nowhere, right? They, maybe they were already a good player and we didn't see it. And now we're realizing, oh, wow, okay, they're a good player. So there might be some overlap in names here. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You can we're, We can talk about guys multiple times, but hopefully there's not. So we're going to start with Nolan and then... Uh, go down the list, okay? So, cool. Nolan, 90 seconds to name your most improved player of this abbreviated season. Awesome. 90 seconds. So, my most improved player for 2020 is Villian Bijev. Um, what? This was just... so easy because everything that we railed on him for <laughs> in 2019 got slightly better in 2020. So, in 2019, it was the man has no confidence after a rough five-minute run in the game. Uh, his, his shoulders slump, he his head goes down, and he disappears uh, for the rest of the match. Uh, that was criticism number one. Criticism number two, he does not defend. It's like Sacramento loses the ball, and then he stops and just waits until Sacramento gains possession again. Um, and then criticism number three was his work rate, like which kind of relates to his defensive lapses um, and his lack of confidence but he just wasn't that hard of a worker um in 2020 we all saw a significant improvement on those three aspects so no longer was it crap villian bijev is playing you know out on the right whoever if if it's uh jordan mccrary if it's uh shannon gomez if it's Shan- if it's asha pollen like they're gonna just be left out to dry for the entire game like he was no longer a defensive liability he had his moments when he did lapse into his former ways, but everybody does. Yep, everybody does. When you're an attacking player, you're going to leave space in behind. He was much better about covering that ground when Sacramento would lose possession. Uh, he, his confidence wouldn't slump after like, sorry, I'm out of time. But no, you're good. You're good. He was able to overcome hard runs in extended runs in games, and then show up big in big moments. Um, and for that reason, I have him as my most improved. I don't hate, I don't, I don't, I almost hate that I don't disagree with yeah. that. I'm not saying <laughs> so he was fantastic. I have him as my number two most improved okay. player. Wow. And I just wrote down purely defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. he still scored goals last season and yeah. uh, good goals. Um, He scored good goals before, but I think this season, I, I yeah, I really saw him get better defensively. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's about it, though. Yeah, Zach. Do you I have anything else to say about him on BJ? I, I think it was interesting. Again, we have such a um, we had such a unique experience at games this year. Yeah, having no fans, hearing everything that Briggs says, the way that Briggs talked 
to Bjev was different from the way he talked to literally every other player. I think that Bjev has is can get in his head so easily, and I think Briggs sees that. So if anybody's going to bring, I, I, I what I'm trying to say is if throughout this season, seeing how Briggs works with him, and it's also seeing how he's improved slightly in a multitude of areas. If anybody's going to bring the best out of Bjev, I think it's probably Briggs. Yeah. And so I don't disagree with, with what you have to say. I think he still has a lot of a lot to go yeah. to be a good, consistent yeah. player for us. Um, but if anybody can bring that out of him, I think it's Briggs. Totally. Okay. I- so sorry. Go I ahead. would only sorry. I don't love talking about Billy and Bjev any more than I have to. I would only say <laughs> that's a great point, Zach. Uh, and that just speaks to Briggs's man management because you look yeah. at the way he talks to Billy and Bjev, where it's very encouraging. Yeah. Rarely is it critical. If he does offer criticism, he's right back there with, um, you know, come on, Billy and yeah, that's it, Billy and Bjev. It's, yeah. And then you look yeah. at the way he talks to Dekel Keenan, a seasoned veteran, yeah, someone who knows what he should be doing and doesn't do it. He's like Dekel. I think he said like <laughs> when someone got in behind Dekel, who was out of position, he's like, you lucky. Ever <laughs> like he would just he would just rail into Deckel Keenan, but it's because he knew that Deckel wanted that. Like yeah. he doesn't want to be treated like yeah. some kid who's just starting out. He knows what to do. He just is too slow to get back in time. <laughs> so like and, and, he'll and take the, the heat. yeah. And the way he would approach Drew Skundrich too, his I think somebody he obviously yeah. is identified as a leader on this team. Yeah. That's why he captain. would talk to him. So yeah, I would yeah I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm ready to do mine. I'll cool. go and then Zach will go. Sounds so I'm going to go ahead and throw my 90 seconds up there. It has. I do have there. a different player, as I just said. Okay. Billy Bjev is my second player. Cool. Uh, I'm really interested to see Zach's reaction. So I'm looking at Zach. Okay. My, <laughs> well, it's it's not because this is so controversial. Just say. It. I'm just want like I want to gauge if this guy even came across your radar. Okay. In, in type of way. So my most improved player is Derek Formella. My number one. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so. One, defensively, I think he was, and we saw this even toward the end of last year where he was getting back into a defensive shape much quicker and it was the right spot. Mm -hmm. He wasn't having to search as much and be instructed. That's number one. agree. Number two. He's less raw. Yeah. Number two, he was the most dangerous attacking option we had. Mm. Um, Last year, he had two goals, one assist, and 12 games played. This year, eight goals, one assist, and 14 games played. It's a that's a massive jump. Oh yeah, and we talked about it before. I think last episode or maybe two episodes ago, with Derek Formella. I mean, if you extrapolate that out over the course of the season, that's like, like a full season, like a full thirty-four game season. That's nineteen goals and like three assists or something like that. And then what about U.S. Open? You know what I mean? Exactly. So like it, we want we always wanted to see Cam get to a twenty-goal season, and two years running. He hit 17. That's great. But, I mean, if Derek Formella scoring goals in bunches, I mean, it, it could that could happen yeah. where he just beats up on the little team. Oh, dang. <laughs> so, I'll just finish my thought. He just beats up on the little team, and he's solid defensively. And the last thing I have to say is he's tricky. He'll yeah, throw that he little is. bit of flair in there, that little bit of that little back heel flick or something like that that makes you just go, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's You're got a good player. A good touch. Yeah. So, so I hope they didn't take everything nope. for you. Nope. No, no, okay. No. Um, I will also talk about Darius Formella. You yeah. guys start my time. Um, if I could highlight probably two things to add on what I totally, I totally agree with what Scott has said. Um, and for my number one being Formella, I think one, 
this is a player that jumped around a bunch of teams in Poland and continued to fall down the ranks as far as like leagues. And then he came here and showed to be a very raw player, but had some talent. And so to see the improvement in his kind of like the meta narrative of his career um, is significant, like very significant. Um, So that's one thing. And then secondly, I want to speak to maybe the critics who would say, oh, well, he was only only able to score goals in bunches against crappy teams like Tacoma. Now, I would have been I would have been very curious to see how this Tacoma team would have stacked up against a normal regular season schedule where they play a bunch of different teams, not just Reno and Sacramento all the time. So I I would caution people against dismissing his his uh, goal production against Tacoma because I think Tacoma had I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Tacoma could have been a mid-table team this year if they would have had a normal regular season where they play all the teams in the Western Conference. I mean, even Portland too. Even Portland, especially towards the end of the season, which is significant because towards the end of this season is only halfway through a normal season. So I, I would caution people against that. That's kind of my counter argument to the critics against Formella's goal production uh, for this year and, and who he got it against. So everything that Scott said, I agree with. I would highlight those two things. That's why Derek Formella is my number one most improved player of, <laughs> check that, yeah. of the uh, 2020 season. And I think the only thing I would add to that before we go to the honorable mentions is when he was signed, remember we were we were we were at summer camp we yeah. were gone and we came back and we were like oh they signed a player yeah yeah um, yeah and we were kind of looking through like reading up on him yeah 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 and I we were like this. this just feels like another bjf signing mm-hmm. like a guy that was at a huge club mm-hmm. which lech pozon in poland isn't a huge club in the world stage but like a big club right yeah. was at a big club and just fell out there went to smaller clubs fell out there mm-hmm. and it was just on this downward trajectory to now land in Sacramento. Yeah. But he's had a better like he he's he's turned that negative trajectory into a positive one to where we are now going into next season I think expecting Formella to be like a a goal scorer in the teens is like yeah, that I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh maybe it might be like he's get high the back high post. Yeah, like like low double digits, high or like low teens, right? Right. So maybe it's eleven goals or something yeah. like that. But like, I feel comfortable saying that considering he just scored eight goals in sixteen games. So yeah, it's a. I think everything that we said with, uh, you know, Bijev earlier, is contrasted with Formella. Mm. So that that's the only other thing I wanted to add. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna move on. Well, sorry. Honorable mentions. I almost moved on to the next segment. But oh, no. Honorable mentions. Uh, anybody have any honorable mentions you want to throw out there for most improved player? Hayden Sargis. Definitely most improved. Yeah. He just didn't play last year. Well, yeah, that's that's why I, the, I didn't. In the friendly. But. but Yeah, that's why I didn't have him. was like, I have nothing to, com- to compare him to. Yeah. And honestly, even if we think about, like, beginning of the season to the end of the season, it was like we kind of viewed him at the beginning of the season with, rose-tinted glasses like oh it's this kid that's you know starting and then he just never got better no no i totally disagree i think i I think if you go back and 
listened to the shows, we were like, yeah, he was good. No, I did, I think, but he wasn't the being couple games. We were like, he is slow and yeah. his he's slow to react. Thought process. He was on the ball very long. Yeah, he was on the ball a lot, like lo- a lot longer than other players. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it was a it was close to being a liability. That's how it was at the beginning of the season. I I I agree though with Zach. I guess that he got he improved as a player. He improved greatly as yeah. a player. Ten, flash forward, not even ten games from that point. We're talking about there's no center back better on this team than Hayden Sarges. Yeah. He's we getting went. U20's attention. Yeah. I but think but he's but definitely I, improved a I, lot. I also then do agree with Nolan, though, that we do look at him with rose-tinted glasses because he's he's kind of replaced Roro or Cam as, like, the golden boy. Yeah. You know, where even if he does have a bad game, we're like, oh, but he's young and he's, no, the, I, he's an academy player. Yeah. But he is young and he is just fresh out of the academy and he's made mistakes but for me to see the amount of growth that he's shown this season i think i think warrants at least an honorable mention as far as most improved that's fair that's fair that's fair fair. anybody else nolan uh no i just had a couple thoughts on Derek formella because we didn't talk about him at the top of the show with the most goals scored um i agree very much improved from last season um if we were I think we share the hope that he comes back for 2021 and that he's a big part of the team. I think he'll be back. Yeah. Um, the, the two things I would hope that he works to improve on even more is his uh, left footedness. So like, yeah, we would talk about all the time. Like he has no left foot. Like if you remember right in, in the games, he would cross the ball with the outside of his right. Yeah. Foot yeah. Yeah. Because if he was playing on, because he can't do it. Because he can't do it with his left. Maybe that's a convenience thing. Maybe it's a when you do it over and over again, it's because you can't use your left foot. It's not because you like playing with the outside of your right all the time. Um, so figure out how to use your right foot to get crosses in, so you can play on both sides of um, the wing, which is what Briggs like to do, likes to do. He likes to flip his his wide forwards, like Bijev and Formella, Bijev and Sam would always mm. they go from right to left to right to left mid game. Um, well, it's also, it's also good because it, it either if he's playing on the left, then he can cut in on his right. Right. But he can also drive and cross in with his left and vice versa on the other side. Right. You need to have both of those options available to you. Yeah. Or so, you're going to become a very predictable player. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that's the one thing I would say uh, to improve uh, and then just convert the big chances. Like that's what was so heartbreaking about the game against Phoenix is like he had two big ones and he missed them both. Um which is the same thing we said about Cam. Like, just couldn't put it away. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that was my thoughts on him. Yeah. And I don't, are there any more uh, honorable mentions for? Yeah, I, I just have one, and it would be Ash Apollon. Mm. Okay. Be, and simply because he changed position, he went from a winger to a fullback. So I, I think he got, he, he had to have gotten better in my eyes. Like, even if it's like just adding those game experience at left back. Yeah. To say, like, hey, I can play left back. Like it's in my repertoire. I'm not necessarily saying like uh he he got like dramatically better uh or or anything or I want I'm not even going to say he's guaranteed a spot on the team next year. What I am saying is I just think he got that maybe a little bit better. We even saw it with him at left back. He got more comfortable. So, yeah, that's just a little honorable mention just a guy okay. I, I thought of. Yeah. I did, I'm sorry, I just have to say I just don't think Hayden Sargis or Ash Apollon uh deserve the the credit 
I don't think that's rational though. It, in my mind, it's there was a play against in the home game against Reno where there was a must win. And Reno scored within the first five minutes. And it was because someone playing on the defensive left was not marking their man. And I I don't have the soccer knowledge to like figure out whether it should have been Ash or Hayden, but or both or if whether they both should have been aware, but Briggs took the time in the post match to call out the person who should have been marking uh the man that's that headed home within five minutes and resulted in a draw which resulted in sack not being able to host a playoff game so in my mind like they just it was briggs like probably repeatedly saying work on these things work on these work on these things and it just never happening and then it killing sacramento when it mattered sure that's why he's my third player okay okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. most improved I yeah, just, I just can't, I, I can't get the past the fact that it's like, I have to think he grew as a player somehow. Yeah. Oh. This yeah. year. Oh yeah. Now, dramatically, no. Yeah. So, it's a have we story. ever seen a Republic Academy kid play that much in a season? Of course not. No. No. You're talking about Sargis. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Mm. I yeah. think that's enough for me. Yep. Yeah. Anybody else? I think we named all of our guys from yeah. our list. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to most surprising. surprising. Uh, Scott, you're up first. Yep, I am up. Do you and, have a timer? Uh, yes, please. All right. And my uh, uh, my most surprising player of the year is Hayden Sargis. Again, mm-hmm. uh, it's a guy we talked about a little bit already, but uh, did we really exact, as, as, as you were saying, Zach, did we, or I guess as you were alluding to with how much he's played, did we really expect him to play that much? No, I didn't. No. That, that, and that's why I think he's surprising to me is that we actually saw him for a big amount of time. And not only we did we get that opportunity, but I think we would say that we are uh, happy with his performance. We're happy with how this 18-year-old looks in the USL, how this guy that we have taken, our academy has taken, from the time he was you know, 13, 14 years old, years old and developed him over the course of four years. So I think that was a big surprise for me. Again, not just his playing time, but then how he looked. Um, and it, it makes me think that he's going to get, hopefully, a lot of playing time uh, this coming season. Maybe he gets that call up to the U20 team. Um, are there holes in his game? Sure, we talked about that. Are there improvements, obviously, because of those holes? Yes. Are there things that he does good? Y- yeah, I think he does some things pretty good. Uh, I think he has the ability to make very good passes, his past decision, not always the best. Uh, he has the ability to recover, uh, you know, f- from being out of position, but he has to recover because he's out of position. So Hayden Sargis, that is my most surprising player of the year. Mm. Um, do we want to talk about him for a little bit? Does anybody else want to add anything? We kind of talked about Hayden. Oh, we already. talked yeah. about He was my three. He's your three? Okay. Nolan, is he on your list I at all? I didn't think about him, but now that I do, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we just go to Zach oh, then? Can I oh, just, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this is what came up in my mind when you were talking, is we did at the beginning of the show, like Mario Panegos and Hayden Sargis over and under 500 minutes this season, in a long season. And I'm pretty sure we said maybe over 500 in a long season. And he exceeded that in a COVID season. Oh, you mean at the beginning of the season, we yeah. were like, do these guys get 500 minutes? Right. Like, we'd be happy if they get that. Yeah. Oh, and. Like yeah. he far exceeded, and that. they yeah. got that in ten game. Yeah. Well, well, he, he got, didn't he, got that in ten. Game. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Good job, Hayden. Exceeding <laughs> expectations. Okay. We're looking forward to your play next year. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to Zach. All right. Do you want? Yeah, let's give you a time. Has oh, this yeah. play already been talked about? No. Oh, let's give him the timer uh, then, for sure. I'm very shocked. I'm shocked that he hasn't, though. Oh, yeah. I know exactly who you're going to say. Yeah, you should. I know who it is. He's on my list. Okay, yeah. good. I guarantee good, you. Good, good, All right, go ahead and give me a timer. Three, two, one. My most surprising player, drum roll, Rafa Diaz. Yeah, he's my number two. Rafa Diaz is, now for me, I I took this as, because I knew Rafa was either going to be in most improved or most surprising. Rafa was somebody that I I definitely sung the praises of last year when he came in for that short window. I liked his play. I liked him as our goalkeeper. I liked him as our number one. Going into this season, we had Adam Grinwas. We brought Adam Grinwis in. Rafa Diaz is now the number two. Adam Grinwis goes out for a, with an injury, is out for the whole season. Rafa comes in, and why he's not only in, an improved player, he definitely improved. I don't even know if he improved, really. Or maybe he was just finally able to show his talent. But he went so much farther than that. He was easily top three goalie in the league. And you can make the conversation for the top goalie in the league. Like you get, he's in that conversation. And for me, that was very surprising. I liked him. I liked what I saw, but for him to be a top goalie in this league was was surprising for me. So he is my number 1 most surprising player of the year. I am excited to see him back in that for us as the number 1 next year. Boys at the Sac Republic better be listening to me. You make him the number one goalie. <laughs> you got what you got. You saw what you you needed out of him. He's a very, he's an exceptional goalie at the USL level. Well, first of all, I think Briggs would agree with you. And when we so Zach and I were able to listen in on the uh, like the the end of the season press conference, mm-hmm. and Rafa Diaz was obviously asked asked about because he had a really very good year. And what Briggs said about him was. Um, you know, he had to sit behind um, Josh Cohen. Josh Cohen, and then uh, he got his a little bit of chance in uh, after Cohen left, and then he had to be behind uh, Adam, Shuttleworth. Shuttleworth, and now he said this year we brought in Grinwis, and what he said that surprised me was that uh, Rafa was hurt in preseason. I had no idea, um, and he he it made me think that like he. Briggs wanted Rafa to be the starter, but he was hurt. So Adam comes in and it's plays still a good goal. Yeah. yeah, plays well, well enough to you go. Well, I don't really want to take this guy out because what if Rafa comes in and doesn't play well, and now you got this drama of so. And Grinos is in form. Yeah, Grinos is in form. Want that to go away. And then Briggs says, you know, obviously Adam goes down with an injury, and Rafa gets his turn and plays well. And he said, uh, you know, I would be very happy. I'm, I'm very happy with him as our number one goalie, which makes me think that Rafa Diaz will be brought back and will be not told, hey, you're the starter. But, you know, the idea will be that he's the starter. Um, so I, I I agree with everything you, you said about Rafa. He was my number two Okay. Um, for everything that you said. Nolan, do you have anything to add for him? No, he was a surprise for me as well and a good pick. Awesome. Yeah. Well. Um, Nolan, do you want to wrap it up with our most surprising final, player? Last most, most surprising yeah, player? Yeah, I, 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 this is actually my truly most surprising player. Um, and it's not long. It's not super profound, but it's surprising. Okay. Uh, Julian Chavez. Like, okay. Who the heck thought that he would be 
playing or in the 18 this year. I mean, the guy is uh, 18. He's on an academy USL contract, so he doesn't have the pro contract right. that Caden Sargis and Mara Panagos do. Um, and he flashed. He's pretty good. Like he, in terms of uh, goals to minutes ratio, <laughs> he has one goal for 60 for 70 minutes of USL. So he played. so he's scoring a goal every every game every, every game less, like yeah. less than if every game. We go game. off of this data. <laughs> this is the guy. Forget Derek Formella. Forget Ken Wasa. <laughs> Julian Chavez is the man, <laughs> and not far behind him is Mario Panagos with like Harry Potter. I, I think he's at like ninety-seven minutes played in one goal. Still, that's still like a goal every yeah. game. And he like won a game for Sacramento. What the heck? Yeah. And it was a banger. I just never yeah, saw and that showed happen. some serious dribbling ability. Julian Chavez. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, okay. Yeah and um. He's tricky. He's feisty. Like I remember watching him against the Oakland Roots. He has bouncy hair. He's bouncy hair. He's very bouncy hair. He yeah. didn't against the Oakland Roots. That was way back in like February. Yeah, it was. But he's just kind of like a punk. Like I love it about him. Like he, uh, he was just getting in the head of of the fullback that was covering for Oakland, and like he was like winking at people in the stands because it was like family and friends that were there. Yeah. And uh, I just like that about him. And it surprised me that he got minutes, and it surprised me that he scored a goal in the regular season. Um, so for that reason, he's my most surprising player. Okay, Zach. Anything to add for him? No, I, I hear it. Yeah. Okay. I I think I think it's it's like a prediction for me. Like okay. it's a it's he could be the most surprising player next year. Next year, type year. Of yeah. Oh, like okay. like I'm I'm interested to see the minutes that he gets next year and his play next year. That game against Portland was I was like that was Wait, yeah that game he, was surprising. Yeah. That game was very surprising. I remember when him and Panagos came in. I was like, uh, like they made the other team looked like they were playing like a notch slower than those, yeah. than those two. Yeah. That was very surprising for me. So yeah, I get it. I, I think next year, next year I'm looking for next year to definitely we'll keep an eye on. So then, Juju. okay, well, hypothetical then would he be the most surprising player next year? If he comes out and is amazing, yeah, because now enough, you're looking enough. for it. I then maybe I maybe then most improved. So I'm looking for his improvement. Cause okay. I, like okay. for right now, He's got to improve in order to become a significant player on this team. Yeah, like he has to grow a good amount. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. I guess we've seen glimpses of his talent. Yeah, I don't know if he has to improve a big amount if the team goes younger. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's that one game, but right. we saw him come in in a couple games after that, and I, I could, for me, he he still looked pretty raw. Yeah. So, but at the you're, same time, he's had some time to play in Briggs' system, yeah, right? Yeah, and you're gonna get moments with him where you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And you're gonna yeah. get moments with him where you're like, "Yeah, you're a child." Maybe I, I so, guess I just don't know with him. Like yeah. I just don't know what to think about him. So it's interesting then, Nolan, that you maybe didn't choose Huaregi because Huaregi is like 15. Yeah, I did. He didn't score though. I had him as an honorable mention. So like okay. surprising, I just meant like not necessarily surprising as in terms of their impact on the season. Or significance in the team, but just like, what the heck? What's this fifteen-year-old doing? Or what's okay. this eighteen-year-old doing? And yeah, Hauregi was surprising. Like, he doesn't even look like a professional soccer player. Like he's he looks like a kid, um, and he's getting minutes. I think he got more minutes than I know. He didn't get more minutes than Juju, but um, like he came on as a sub. He got more appearances than Juju. Did. Yeah, but they were like three-minute yeah, appearances. One minute, three. Yeah, minute, yeah, yeah. Okay. Minute. Well, um, it's and Chavez. No, didn't Huaregi get a start? Or was that Chavez? Chavez did against the Tacoma. But Huaregi didn't start that game? No. Oh, okay. Let me double. Now that you say it, let me check. Okay, well, you talk about that. My, my, my next 
the only other guy that we haven't talked about is uh, Penegos. Yeah. Penegos, like, it wasn't just one moment. Like, I feel like it was one moment with Juju. Right? Yes, I agree. With Penegos, it was his was, moment against Tacoma. He, Tulsa, I, first, Tulsa, first game of the year. First game of the year. I thought he played well. The preseason game. Um, mm. Against Salt Lake. Yeah, against Salt I thought he played well in that game, too. So it's like, it's multiple moments for me with Penagos that I'm like, this guy's got it. Like, he's got the vision to be an attacking midfielder. Um, I think as he grows into his body, he'll get better because you have to be able to withstand those tackles. You have to, like, one thing Roro is great at is you can't get the ball off of him. He His body is between you and the ball the whole time. He's got to grow into that, right? That takes time to learn. Um, and, you know, it, it'll be nice to see him, to see if he's a good finisher or if he's just he t- he capitalized on that one opportunity in Tulsa or uh, sorry Portland so it'll be interesting to see that too uh, because I think in Briggs's system I've watched some games like I said of last couple episodes of Briggs's system the number nine and the number 10 the, so you're attacking midfielder and your striker those are your your goal scorers so it'll be interesting to see if the team goes with Penegos more and more next season it'll be interesting to see if he's a good finisher yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have what were you gonna say before I, I cut you off? Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say one. Paul Reggie did play the game against Tacoma, so they both got starts. Juju, and Rafa. Um, yeah, second from last season. And second from last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and second, going back to Panegos, like, yeah, most. I don't know if we're in the discussion of most surprising, most improved. Like for me, he was actually in my mind for like most disappointing. Not necessarily really? for like in a bad way but just like i was disappointed he wasn't playing because like you said we saw the flashes in the moments he did play he was good and then he would be like on the injury report but it wouldn't be serious and then he just rot like unex for an unexplained reason rafa Juaregi would be on in the 18 but panagos wasn't but Juaregi would come on for the attacking midfielder so like why wasn't panagos in the 18 and coming on when when Juaregi was um, so for me, I was like, what's going on? Is it not management of injuries? Is it, and I don't, I don't think he would have an attitude issue. He seems like an awesome guy, hardworking, someone Briggs appreciates. Um, so what was it that was getting Rafa in the 18? That's a good point. And not Panagos. Maybe he's just that good of a player and we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, maybe there is an issue. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say there's not, yeah. but yeah. Uh, or maybe Briggs is just like, yeah, we're going to rotate these guys. These yeah. three guys, one of them is going to be on the bench, and we're just going to rotate them. And, you know, whoever is in, that's the guy I'll give the minutes to if the game goes that way. Mm-hmm. I think the difference with Panagos is he's a number 10, yeah, like strictly a number 10. Juaregi, I think, can play on the wing or can play centrally. Same with Chavez. I think he can play on the wing or centrally. I think Chavez can even play like an eight if he has to. We we saw that against the Oakland Roots. Yeah. I think he he dropped a little bit deeper. Um, Oakland Roots, a team we'll see next season. Exactly. Exactly. So, are there any other uh, honorable mentions? We've been here for a while, so we we're have, gonna yeah, get out of here. Yeah. If there's nothing else to say, I'll, I'll just say Ash. Ash for me is, was came off the streets and played significant minutes for us at the beginning of the season. So Ash was Ash was surprising for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nolan, yeah. anyone else? Or did we hit all, all your guys? We hit him. Hit all my guys too. So we are gonna get out of here. Um, again, we will be back next week with Matt George at, at some point. We, we have to schedule that. That <laughs> might be a bit awesome. difficult, but we will, be, yeah. we will be back. 
Um, and then after that, we'll take our week off as we are into our off-season schedule. So just a reminder there. Well, that's going to be it for us today. So as always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.